What's good people, it's Ocean here. Welcome back to the Ocean Podcast. Today we have got Fabian Mazur. Fabian Mazur is a producer based out of Copenhagen, Denmark. He primarily does EDM music and he's toured the world as a DJ as well. And he's dropped like over 20, over 20 packs on Splice. I discovered him on YouTube quite a long time ago when he was vlogging and I just really wanted to have a conversation with him. So yeah, this episode is a really, really good one. If you're on your phone and you're listening to the podcast, Take a screenshot, post it on your story on Instagram, tag me at ProdbyOcean, and I'm going to be reposting everyone. But yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let's get straight into it. Ocean Gang or Drown! What's good, people? It's Ocean here. Welcome back to the Ocean Podcast. Today, we've got a special guest. We've got Fabian Mazur. What's good, bro? What up, what up, what up? Glad to be here, man. Yeah, man. Thanks, thanks for for jumping on, taking the time out of your dicks. I know you're a busy man setting up your new home and everything, your new studio. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. Yes, I've been sir. seeing the the progress on Instagram, and it's looking it's looking crazy right now. Definitely getting somewhere. Yeah, I actually have electricity and lighting and all, so it's mm-hmm. it's amazing, man. It's been rough couple of months here, not being able to produce. Oh, damn! So like you had to take a step back from from making the music and that. Yep. Yeah, I had um, almost two months without a studio, without electricity, nothing. It was awful, man. Damn. That's mad. Could, what, you was building your studio like completely from, from scratch, right? Like the actual... Completely from scratch. Yeah, exactly. So everything is almost there now. Like mm-hmm. all I need is a little bit more isolation, acoustic treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got a, like a desk and a couch coming and stuff. So it's almost there. I can yeah. work now. Oh, so, that's good. Then. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But before we get into like more on the, the studio and the new moves and that, let's take it back all the way to the beginning. Young Fabian, how did you get into music and all that kind of stuff? <laughs> all right, got you, got you. All right, so I was born and raised in Copenhagen, mm-hmm. and I have an American mother and a Danish father, and mm-hmm. both of them met through music, and they are jazz musicians, both of them. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I grew up touring a lot with my mom and pops. Um, yeah. So, like, music was always really close to me. And I guess when I was a teenager, I found out that, like, I wanted to do music, of course, because, like, mom and dad did music. And, I mean, as a kid growing up in Denmark, all you wanted to do was just play soccer, football. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, when I was a teenager, I started messing around with beats and quickly got the hang of it and... Figured out it was pretty fun and I wanted to pursue music. Yeah. Um, so I started like started DJing. Um, a friend of mine was DJing a lot of like EDM house stuff back when it was like on the come up there. Mm-hmm. Um, Swedish House Mafia and all that. Um, we started DJing a lot out in Copenhagen. Um, I also did a lot of hip hop gigs as well because yeah. like, I grew up on hip hop and jazz and soul and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, on the side of DJing throughout my teenage years, I produced a little bit in um, Sony Acid Pro. I've never heard of that before. You never heard of that? It's like the no. old Sony door. It's crazy, yeah. Wow. I, I didn't um, even know Sony had a door like that. Yeah, I don't know if it still exists, actually, but it was really mm. dope back then. Um, but yeah, I was a Sony Acid. Um, messed around with that for a couple of years. Got Logic when I was, like, 20 or something. Yeah. And so, I'm, so, like, when you were in Sony Acid... How, like, what years was that? I think it was around, like, 2000 and 
five or six until oh, okay. 2010, 11-ish. Yeah. And then um, I've been on Logic ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So are you, was you trained in jazz music when you was younger? Like, was you taking lessons and stuff? I wish I was, man. I really mm. wish I was. My mom tried to, like, pursue, like, she tried to push me to, like, play piano, play drums, all that. And I was yeah. just, like, I wanted to, but I also wanted to just hang out with my friends, man. So yeah, I, I never really got the hang of it, man. I I should have. Yeah. Um. So I'm not, I'm not musically trained at all. Um. I'm, like, straight out of the YouTube university, learned everything from tutorials and, Real. yeah, like a lot of us. Yeah, hundred percent. That's exactly how I learned everything. All through, all through YouTube. Yeah. To be fair, exactly. Me too, man. Yeah, man. You're one of the few producers that I know who who actually uses Logic. Most producers that I know are all on like FL or Ableton. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because like I'm a lot into the like the EDM industry or the EDM yeah. community, and all the producers there are on Ableton. And yeah. all the hip hop guys I know, Foodie Loops. Yeah, FL for sure. It, it's it's crazy. I love the the interface and like the the look of FL. Of FL. Yeah. Okay. To I, be honest, I I don't like it at all. Apart from the drum sequence, the drum sequence is sick. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what I love about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would never switch though. I'm like Logic. I'm so deep in Logic yeah, that I could never work a, in any That's exactly. That's exactly how I feel. I try to. I tried FL Studio and I was like, nah. And then Ableton, because I mean, there's something that all these, all the Ableton users say is like, once they switch to Ableton, that's it. It's apparently like yeah. the best or whatever. But I don't know, I just yeah, find it too I've ugly. Heard that as well. Yeah, I agree, man. It's not for me either. I did try it out at one point, but mm-hmm. not for me. Nope. Yeah, man. No, Logic is, I don't know, I just find it very simple in a yep. way. It's very intuitive, especially when you know yeah. it all. And like they, the the subtle changes they do with each update, mm-hmm. it makes you still like you you mastered it, and then you can stay there. Like you you know everything. That's yeah, what I 100%. love about Logic. And they're getting better. Like the new update included a lot of dope stuff. Yeah, for real. They've even got like a a, a good drum sequence in our. Yep. I just never use it it's, still, but like it's good if you're a beginner. Yeah, me neither. But it's good to know that it's there. Like the new sampler yeah. is pretty dope as well. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's way better than the, the what was it, the EX two? Yeah, that the was, EXS. Oh, that that was horrible. Yep. But yeah, man, you're in. So you're 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 in a very different world because you do EDM and like DJing and stuff like that. That's completely like almost foreign to me. That yeah. whole side of things. So I don't know. It's it's such a different game. What? What kind of like drew you to that, and how do you like? How was that lifestyle? Yeah, it's it's funny you ask that. Um, I think like I grew up on a mix of my friends listening to EDM and mm-hmm. me more like diving into hip hop and R and B and stuff like that. That was mm-hmm. closer to like my jazz background. Um, but I feel like at one point EDM just got so popular, especially here in um, in Copenhagen in Denmark in general. Um, that like, if you were a DJ and wanted to make a living, you had to be good at DJing EDM. Um, mm. and I think I just fell in love with seeing the energy that EDM brings to people, like the buildups and the drops. Yeah. Like I love seeing that out live. And I guess that's why I started producing EDM. 
Um, but it's it's a very different world from everything else. Like you you have producers being artists in like releasing songs in their own name and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Which is really yeah, cool. Because it's yeah, like exactly. you it's have really the dope. ownership. You, you're kind yep. of like you don't have to rely on anyone. You're just you. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I think um, I think the the thing that drew me to EDM was definitely the energy and mm-hmm. like being able to combine different genres in one. Because um, mm. like my my recent stuff are like it's almost hip hop records, but then it has like the EDM format. So it's like verse build drop instead of being just verse hook verse hook so say that again so verse beat and then drop that that's how it goes yeah Ver- verse build up and then build drop. oh okay okay yeah exactly exactly um because when i when i see edm producers produce as well a funny thing that i notice is that they take days weeks on just one track yeah, <laughs> which is insane to me because I don't know how you can sit there and hear the same thing over and over and over again compared to like someone who's just making a beat for an artist it's literally like yeah, yeah, yeah. you can do like yeah. five in a day ten in a day alright now I want to be honest with you Um, I'm not one of those guys that like sit and do the sound design for like three weeks just like bleep blopping all the way through I'm more mm. of a like couple of sessions guy but i do know people (laughs) in the industry that like honestly they they can do sound design on a track for like i don't know three or four weeks or something it's crazy what what is it that makes it take so long are they literally creating their own sound from like complete scratch like taking a sine wave and molding it or something like what i don't understand how it takes so long yeah i I think a lot of the the like the nerdy EDM mm-hmm. producers out there who do stuff like that are like creating everything from scratch and they want to create unique sound design. So they want to like pull in wavetables and synthesizers and do like unique um, modulation of those waveforms um, to get like unique sounds that you haven't heard anywhere else. And I guess that's mm-hmm. why it's taken them so long. Okay. But is that so kind they're of like the purists? Yeah. Yeah. But is that, I don't know. I guess that's obviously really respected in in the producer community, like the EDM producer community when you've got something completely new. But Yeah, yeah it is. Is that kind of, I don't know, does that make you successful in a way in terms of like getting an audience and that? Do people, do the general audience pick up on this kind of stuff? Honestly, no. I don't think the general audience picks up on it, but like mm-hmm. the, the producer community and the EDM community definitely do. Mm-hmm. Um... But I also think we're talking about a niche here. Like we're talking about the the very few producer listeners who are mm. like, oh, I wonder how he made that sense. That's so unique. I love that guy, blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. from hearing a song with a unique sound design. But like a lot of EDM is about sound design. But I wouldn't I wouldn't say that it's all about just like having unique synthesizer sounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that's fair. And um, so in the EDM world, I guess like the... Once you once you have your song, the main thing to do is just like DJ and tour and stuff like that, right? That's kind of like the lifestyle. Exactly. Yeah, I've I've been doing a little bit of that. Like two thousand and seventeen and eighteen, I played a lot of shows. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly like Asia, Germany, Holland, um, yeah. yeah, around Europe basically. Um, and it's a weird culture, man. You play in front of a club, like 
at night you play like the three to four a.m. slot or something, mm-hmm. and um, energy is crazy. And then it's it's weird because you DJ, you don't like you don't play an instrument. You basically just play MP3s of your own music combined with everyone else's. Um, okay, it's kind of a weird thing, man. But I mean, I love it. I love playing yeah. shows. I haven't played a show in like a year or something, but. It's really dope, but it's definitely different from any other musical world. Yeah, that's why I find it so interesting because, it, it, yeah, it's just a, its own beast, I guess. Its own—it's its own thing. So, what do you literally yeah. just stand there? Well, not stand there. I mean, you're you're performing, but you just yeah, play your own your own tracks, and then just get the the crowd going. And yeah, exactly. So. With me, it's a little bit different because I do all my own vocals. So I basically also perform like vocally when I'm playing mm-hmm. live. So I like do the hyping, rap the verses, all of that. Um, but like, say for instance, you have a techno DJ or a house DJ. Like he mm-hmm. literally comes with his USB sticks and his headphones and doesn't say anything on the mic or anything. He's basically just playing house tunes and building a vibe from that. Okay. Yeah, it sounds very niche when I talk about it like that. I guess it is, but like but house kind music of not, is so though, huge. It's huge, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Man, yeah, that's crazy. So, where, where's like the the most interesting places that you've DJed? What's been like the best and the worst places? Mm, I think to be honest, the worst place, if we start off with that, is mm-hmm. um, Denmark, my home country. Damn, really? We, yeah, we uh, honestly are. Our scene for for EDM music and basically just music in general is so poor. Like it's a small country, but yeah. if you get out of outside of the capital, um, honestly, I would be able to sell, I don't know, ten tickets or something. Like the 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 cities are so small and the scenes mm-hmm. are so small that we don't have any kind of scene for electronic music at all. Wow. Um, so what's so like the I most popular? Right now, it's just like pop music. To be okay, honest, man. Fair. Yeah. Because yeah. um, we're such a small country. I've played a lot of very bad shows in Denmark with like mm-hmm. twenty to thirty people in a small club in some random city. Mm. Um, but yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about the good shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my favorite show um, either has to be in Shanghai in China. Or wow. in um in Mumbai in India. Okay, man, that one sounds of, crazy. One of those two. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's crazy. They live it over there. Like they mm. live it. It's crazy. They knew wow. every song from like every word from the songs, even though we're talking like EDM songs. It's crazy. Um, but that was definitely one of my better experiences as a yeah. touring artist DJ. Yeah, man, that's that sounds like an amazing experience to to have. Yeah, it was crazy, man. But since, like, because, um, you know, with, like, all the quarantine and all the, the lockdown and the coronavirus stuff, I'm guessing, because no one can perform right now, innit? So, yeah, yeah. Is that, like, a massive hit to the EDM community, then? Definitely. I know I know so many, like, EDM producers right now who are struggling. Um, and, like, it's it's pretty crazy because a lot of the EDM community or, like, the producers make mm-hmm. all of their money from touring. Mm. Um, and it's hard to see like the industry struggle like that. And like, I'm very blessed to be able to still make a living off music because I have sample packs in a lot of like self-released music that earn me royalties. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a lot of fans who are depending on touring and not making any money right now, which is hard. Yeah. So can, it definitely hit imagine. um Yeah, it definitely hit the community hard. So what's some ways that people have I guess tried to pivot? Have people tried to do live streams and performances like yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, a lot of live streams, a lot of Twitch, a lot of um True, like yeah, Go everyone's Fund doing Me, Twitch. Patreons, all that, yeah. Mm. Have you tried to do any of that, like live streaming your shows or anything? Not really. I did live stream one or two shows doing like the the bad Corona crisis, um, mm-hmm. but it, it wasn't really an option for me because I don't have the equipment and I was building a house, so it yeah, yeah wasn't really an option for me. No, that's fair. Um, but yeah, I started I started like an Instagram live thing where I interview people every Tuesday. So mm-hmm. I've been going live for nineteen Tuesdays in a row now. Okay. Yeah, man. So you're saying basically the scene in Denmark is is not the best. Yeah. <laughs> I know from that I've seen your vlogs and stuff like that. You travel around a lot. You travel to LA quite a bit. So how comes, I don't know, what makes you stay in Denmark rather than, I don't know, moving to LA or something like that? Yeah. Honestly, I, I thought about the whole LA move a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I have a, I have a manager in LA. I have like all the writers I work with are in LA and I'm signed to Red Bull music publishing in LA. Mm-hmm. So at one point I was really like, okay, I'm going to move to LA, going to make this music career happen, all of that. And then like, yeah. I spent a lot of time there and I was just, I don't know, man, I miss Denmark. Like I miss the, I miss the small country of Denmark, man. LA was too... I don't want to say pretentious, but it was very, um, it has a very, very special vibe to it. And you mm-hmm. really got to be able to live it if you're over there. And honestly, I couldn't see myself living there. Um, mm. I like Copenhagen, man. Just being close to the family, friends, being able yeah. to hop on a bike, go everywhere. Um, it's safe here. All of that, man. It's just, yeah, I did. I did contemplate moving to L.A., Mm-hmm. You've been to LA, right? Yeah, yeah. I f- I know and I, I kind I kind of see what you mean by like the special vibe and like Yeah. I do think it is pretentious though in a way. Yeah, it is, but right? I think so for sure, like You know what? Yeah, I'm saying it. Yeah, I think it I think it's got a very pretentious kind of kind of vibe to it, but like if you're, you can be that kind of person that kind of thrives in, in that situation, if it's for you, in it. Yeah, exactly. I know a yeah. lot of people who are, like, very fast-paced persons. Yeah. They're, like, the people's like, text me at 3 a.m. in the morning, like, yo, we got a session at this studio, pull up. And I'll, I'm always like, no, I'm sleeping, it's 3 a.m. <laughs> and they're like, like, a lot of people in L.A. are like that, and mm-hmm. it leads to a lot of cuts over there. I mean, that's how you yeah. get money in L.A., basically. Yeah, literally. Um, and I was, a lot, a I lot of it is that. spontaneous. Yeah, exactly. And I respect that a lot. Like, I know a lot of people who are, like, grinding two sessions a day for, like, years over there. Mm, damn. It's just, it's just not for me, man. Yeah, I, I guess it depends on, like, what you, you want to do. I, I have this kind yeah. of, almost like an internal kind of battle in my head where some days I think, like, yeah, like, let's move, let's, let's go there, let's live yeah. that life. Let's, let's be in the thick of it. But then sometimes I'm like, you know what? I like here in a way, like I like yep, just same. 
it's fast, but it's much slower than being in LA, I guess. If that exactly. makes sense. Wait a minute, where are you based in the UK? So right, I'm from London, but right now I'm living in Manchester. Manchester, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but... I remember you saying that in one of the, the videos. Yeah, but as soon as... Well, my lease is here until January, so as soon as it ends, I've, I'm 90% sure that I'm going to move back to London because I feel like... Gotcha. There's just way more opportunity in London in terms of just like the British music scene. Yeah, I could I could imagine definitely. Yeah, and it's, cl- it's I also mean, that's w- way bigger city, right? Oh yeah, way like Manchester. I don't know what's Denmark's second city. I guess I don't know. Uh yeah, you have no idea. It's called uh, Aarhus, I think. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard of that. It's probably oh, a similar of level okay. of Aarhus then. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, like it's it's good. It's it's a vibe here. There's a lot of artists coming out of here, but yeah. Yeah, the, I'm not going to lie, the weather is so shit, man. It rains all the time uh, dude, in Manchester. tell me about it, man. I live in Denmark. It rains 277 days a year here. Whoa. Okay, yeah. that's definitely... Wow. That, that could be worse. That could be worse than here. I thought Denmark was, like, <laughs> nice in the summer, but snowy in the winter. It is, but it's still raining. It rains so much here, man. It's depressing. Damn. That's crazy, man. Yeah. But yeah, man, you know, I first actually saw you on YouTube because your vlogs kept popping up on my YouTube, you know, like in the recommendations. Yeah, Yeah, like... Shout out to the algorithm. For real, they were pushing you like, maybe it was a year year or two ago when you was doing them consistently. They kept on like pushing it, pushing it. And I was like, okay, let's just check this out. And then I started watching them. I was like, damn, like this is, this is a vibe because you was always traveling, always eating oatmeal. Yeah, exactly. That was a life back then, man. <laughs> Funny thing is, though, how I discovered you is mm. you popped up on the front page of my YouTube. Damn, see? YouTube blessing yep. us. Yep, the algorithm, man. It's crazy. For real, man. I, I, I saw in your vlogs because you're, you, you're always eating healthy. You're having the oatmeal and shit. <laughs> you're, you're, you're big into fitness. So let's talk about that for a minute. Like... Let's do it, you, man. You, are you like a proper gym head? You go to the gym all the time and that? Yeah, every day, man. It's Every um, day? Damn. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've been doing six days a week um, gym sessions for, I don't know how many years, like a lot of years. I've always been a, like athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's just become a, a structure, like a routine for me. I like mm. If I just wake up and go straight to the studio, I'm not creative at all. I feel like bummed and depressed and everything. But if I go in the morning, have a workout, and then go to the studio, I feel so much better. Okay, so it's, it's like a feel-good thing in a way, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's almost like an OCD for me, man. It's, um, <laughs> it's pretty crazy, but it makes yeah. me feel really good. I feel you in that one, because I, I just started like getting into the gym and that. Yes. And the sessions kill, but then afterwards, it kind of leaves you on this high. Exactly, yeah. And then it just creates a good vibe for like the next part of the, of the day, if that makes sense. Ex- exactly. How do, you, how do you feel like, do you perform better in the studio when you've gone to the gym? Um, what haven't you noticed? Yes and no, because some, some, like, it depends. If I go to the gym really early in the morning, like, super early, yeah. then 
my day in the studio is going to be a lot better. But yeah, yeah, if I go to the gym late and I push it really hard, then by the time I come back, I'm kind of like dead. I need to chill for a while. Then I can go. Yeah, of course. I definitely feel you on that one. Mm-hmm. But it, it has to be really early in the morning. And it, yep. it doesn't even have to be gym. Like It could just be any exercise. So for a period of lockdown, I was running every morning. And that was really helpful. Yes. Just like, I think it's just moving, honestly. Just getting into the habit of moving. Yeah, exactly. That's what I preach. Like, I preach exercise upon everyone who writes me about training and stuff like that. Just move, go for a walk, do anything active. Yeah, because I mean, like, we're sitting down for long hours of the day anyway. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, you got to switch it up a bit. Exactly. I found myself a couple years ago just, like, getting back pains, shoulder pains, just from, like, sitting like this, crouched in front of a computer all day. And that's when it really hit me, like, okay, really got to work on, like, my rear delts, work on the posture, everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just been keeping keeping it up ever, ever since. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, and I know, like, you're big on your, your health foods and stuff like that, your diet. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm very much a foodie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, same here, man. Right now, I'm I'm on this, like... This crazy diet that goes with doing? the gym. So I, I, I signed up for like a personal trainer to basically help me to just get me started in the gym again. But he's got me on gotcha. this super low, what's it, cal- calor- caloric, I don't know how to say yeah. it, cal- calorie deficit. And it's yeah, okay, like yeah, yeah. the worst uh, meal plan of all time. But it's at this point, it's just like fuel in it. It's not even calorie deficits like suck fuel. definitely. A hundred percent, man. So yeah. what? What? Um, does he have you like on specific meals? Like, does he write out like two hundred grams of broccoli, two hundred yeah. grams of chicken? Yeah, literally. So, oh shit! So it's literally like, all right. So the, I'll give you an example. The first meal, the yeah. first meal would be, uh, like forty grams of protein powder, seventy grams of oats, and uh, sorry, milk. You mix it up, eat that, and then the second yeah. meal will be like. 200 grams of tofu, 100 grams of spinach, and half an avocado. And that's it for that meal. And then the next one will be basically the same thing, but maybe instead of the tofu, switch it out for sausage, or like another protein sauce. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And that's that's it. That's That's it. (laughs) So low carb, low everything. Oh, bro, no carbs. Apart from the oats on training day, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Damn. I I hate to break it to you, but right now I'm doing like five... 10 grams of carbs a day i think Mm -hmm. i'm eating so high carb right now (laughs) damn so what are you trying to like bulk up in that yeah yeah, i've been uh i've been bulking up for almost two years now oh okay my like yeah yeah, i've been training my metabolism metabolism as well um Mm -hmm. so right now i'm like my maintenance is around like 3400 calories um so i i can eat a lot without gaining any weight now which is great back in the day i used to like only be able to eat 2000 something calories and i would like gain weight so easily but in the mm-hmm. wrong places you know yeah yeah um but yeah i've been, been bulking for almost two years now trying to put on some weight damn that's crazy yeah that's good man i mean that's the that's the more enjoyable way having exactly. being yeah. able to eat loads instead of like cutting shit out i guess yeah exactly because I, I used to do diets like you're doing right now and i got mm-hmm. so sick of it um, yeah. so I just like, 
agreed upon myself like dude just take the time train the metabolism take a couple of years mm. and now i'm like so deep in it that i'm really enjoying diet life so i can basically eat almost whatever i want now wow see that's the level yeah. that i got i gotta try and get to man. yeah exactly you gotta, <laughs> you gotta get there man definitely yeah man for sure but yeah so yeah and i've been watching your instagram stories uh, i sound like a stalker <laughs> No, no, um, no. <laughs> but obviously like you you started to build like your own studio now your own house and that what, what was what was the decision to to move from your other place and like build your own thing yeah so it's a bit of a story but mm-hmm. um seven years ago i invested in an apartment an old apartment here in copenhagen mm-hmm. um and then um it actually like rise or rose in value um, mm-hmm. over the seven years. And I earned a lot of money from selling that apartment. Mm-hmm. And I was having the apartment rent, and then I was renting a studio on the side. You know how studio rents are? They're so expensive. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then I figured out that I could actually sell the apartment, um, cancel the lease on the studio, and I could buy a house and still live and pay less money than I would with the apartment in the studio. Mm. So I bought it. I sold the apartment, canceled the studio lease, and I bought um, this house that I'm sitting in right now in Copenhagen. Yeah. Um, it's like 110 square meters, um, and I'm building a studio in it as well. And I'm like, I'm living cheaper than I would in my small apartment in my small studio. It's so weird. Nice, yeah. That's it. Yeah, and so... Um, you- you're literally just constructing everything from scratch. Yes, I am. Um, like, it's it's partly that I don't have the money to pay someone to, like, do an entire house because that would be so expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but my father is also, like, really, really good at construction. Um, okay, so we've yeah, been just, good. like... Yeah, and he's, like, he's um, he's a bass player and he's super hit by COVID. So he mm-hmm. hasn't had a show for like three months now. And he's just been working here for me full time, mm-hmm. um, just building a house. So nice. we've been having like a father son thing, building a whole <laughs> house, building a studio. Yeah. And yeah, it's been crazy. Nice, man. So have you, was, did you literally like sit down and be like, I want this to look like this, this to look like this and just build it like straight how you wanted to build it? Almost, yeah. I mean... There was some financial stuff like mm-hmm. I always like I had to keep in mind to keep the cost low with every room here. Um, but the studio was the one room where I wanted to splurge. So mm-hmm. like it's still being constructed right now. But I got like the acoustic panels in the sides. I'm getting custom desks and like custom ceiling and a lot of custom stuff here. So this is definitely the room where I splurge. Yeah, yeah, man, I did. Well, not the same thing because I didn't construct or anything, but like I got an apartment like in January time and literally the whole apartment was more or less empty apart from the studio. The studio was like the only thing that was like that has everything, you know, like that's where I put all my focus, man, because I guess that's the most important thing in it. Once you have the studio nice, then. Exactly. So do you have neighbors in the apartment? Yeah, I do. But surprisingly enough, I've never got any complaints. Really? I mean, you you play pretty loud, I guess. Yeah, like, I, I play loud, but I've never had 
any problems at all. Crazy. And, That's wild. I mean, I've got acoustic panels, but they don't... It's not It's not like sound... You no, know, like having thick sound absorbers or something like that. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, even though you do have acoustic treatment, you should still be able yeah. to hear it through the walls, but... That's you're blessed, man. Definitely. Yeah, maybe my neighbors are just super passive and they don't say nothing. But maybe. yeah, man. But I, I was thinking of doing like what you did, having a separate studio. Um, yeah. Just to one for I think it. I don't know. I'm gonna test it. Maybe it could improve the productivity having it away from home. Yeah, it did that for me. Yeah. Like the 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 going to work thing mm-hmm. every day, definitely improved everything. Yeah, that, so that, that's the, that's what I'm thinking. And yeah. two, just um, if I want to have artists or something like that, I don't have to bring them to the crib. I can take them to the studio where it's more professional. Exactly. Yeah, man. Is is that something that you're going to do in in your studio? Do you think that you're going to have loads of artists in and do that kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm. I'm, I, I build it that way, like making it fit like three or four people in the room. I'm definitely going to have a lot of artists here. Nice, man. Yeah, but still, I live in Denmark, so like, not many people want to fly out. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Nah. But uh, isn't Scandinavia? I could be really wrong here, but I know there's a lot of pop producers that come out of Scandinavia, yeah. especially like Sweden. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like they are so big on pop music up there. We're yeah. trying to keep up. We're we're not as good in Denmark, but like mm-hmm. producer and songwriter wise. Sweden is just killing it. Like Stockholm, yeah. They're just—I don't know what it is up there. Like, I had—I had a like a writing camp in Stockholm at one point, and mm-hmm. they're just on another level. Yeah, I don't I was, know what it is. When man. you look it's at just, the credits on a lot of these big hits, a lot of them are Swedish. Yeah. Always some like Yevström, uh, Hagström, yeah. something like Swedish name in there. Always. Mm. It's yeah. I don't know what it is, man. They're just—they got it up there. Yeah, man. Some places just have it. Yep. Some places just got it. Have you um, have you ever worked with other Danish artists who do music just primarily in Danish? Not really. I like honestly, I took a decision a couple of years ago just to like try not to do anything in Danish at all. Um, okay, why is so, that? Like, I I saw the. Danish music scene in how small and like competitive it was. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, like I got an American manager. Now I actually am able to make like my music stand out more than Denmark and like, like bridge to a, a wider audience, so to mm-hmm. speak. Um, so I kind of made the decision to just not do anything in Danish in I mean, I did cut some ties there, of course, because I passed on a lot of opportunities, but it's mm-hmm. a decision I made and I still stand by it. Um, yeah. So I, I still pass whenever people ask me to produce stuff for them in Danish. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah, man. But, so, um, um, yeah, the scene here, the scene here is very small. Yeah, I, I can imagine. Because, yeah. spe- I mean... I mean, yeah, if you do, let's say you was a rapper in Danish or a singer in Danish. Yeah. While you may conquer Denmark, that's as far as it can ever go. Because exactly. there's, no there's no other places that speak Danish apart from Denmark. It's very small. Exactly, yeah. That's so true. And, like, we have, like, five million people here. So say you have a song wow. that blows up, 
you get like yeah. one million streams, maybe two million, something like yeah. that. So I'm sure I'm sure but, you could probably still kill it in it, like just touring can, Denmark like, over and over. Yeah. But oh yeah, the the touring money is in Denmark though. It's crazy. Like the artists that are actually popping here, they make mm-hmm. so much money off touring. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know what? It's kind of like that across Europe. The these countries yeah. which have so Italy with their Italian rappers or Spanish yep. Spain with their Spanish rappers. Spain is they're crazy, so yeah. huge in Spain, but yeah, they're massive, like huge in Spain. Outside, maybe people don't know, but in Spain, they're like the gods there. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like Spain has has a little bit more of a crossover thing to like Latin America, yeah, but like. A lot of other countries in in Europe, it's like that. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, man, what's what's your what's your plans? I always ask this, like, what's your what are you looking to accomplish? What's like the, a long term goal for you? What's your yeah, man? What's your what's your goals? Yeah, so like, honestly, one of the goals was to actually invest cleverly to mm-hmm. get to a point where I could have a house with a studio in it. Mm-hmm. So like, step one accomplished now. Nice. Um, so now I just want to exactly. Honestly, now I just want to like build my audience. I want to build my brand. I want to like keep doing splice packs, mm-hmm. tutorials, live streams. Um, like I want to do merchandise. Mm-hmm. I want to get out touring again. Hopefully, they open Hopefully. up festivals next year. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I'm just at a point right now where I just want to create. I don't want to. I really do not want to think about boxes or fitting into specific like genres and stuff like that. Sorry, I got to unlock my computer for the recording here. Mm-hmm. There we go. Still recording. But I'm right now I'm trying to not fit into anything. I'm trying to not think about, okay, I want to make a hip hop record or I want to mm-hmm. make a record that sounds like that other record. I'm just trying to create and let things come as naturally as possible. Mm-hmm. however corny that may sound you know what i mean right yeah yeah just like whatever happens happens i guess in terms exactly, of creativity yeah. exactly but yeah that's definitely what i meant about the creativity part um and also about financials it's obviously a very rough time right now for all of us mm-hmm. um so i gotta think about revenue somehow as well it's like something you can't deny as a producer anymore i guess yeah I mean, so, um, a time like this, it kind of makes you rethink your whole strategy because... Yeah, definitely. I'm sure like a lot of, especially in the music industry, like artists can't tour, producers, DJs can't tour. So you have to just look for other other revenue streams and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm definitely also trying to trying to think of that and see if I can expand anything somehow. Mm-hmm. Have you... um? So just just on that creativity thing, have you ever tried just making straight up trap beats or hip hop beats for for an artist, or do you always put like a little EDM spin on it just to like have it oh, as no. a performance? I've I've definitely made um, beats. I signed mm-hmm. um I signed a publishing deal with Red Bull in the United States two years ago, mm-hmm. um and so over the two years I've worked up a catalog of like one hundred forty something beats. Okay. Um, so I've definitely had my beat making producer period where I just yeah. sat down, make one or two beats every day. Okay. And how how does that work? So do, does Red Bull go out and try and get rappers on it or do they distribute it to like 
TV and stuff. Yeah, exactly. So they they do both actually, and mm-hmm. like their main role as a publisher is to try to push my beat out to possibilities. So say mm-hmm. um, I do a folder of trap beats. They send it out to like trap rappers, like, yo, we have this producer, he has beats, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then they try to like connect the dots for you. So you get like placements somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I got you. I got you. Oh, man. Yeah. But yeah, if anyone doesn't know where to find you, where can they find you? Yes. So I am at Fabian Mazur. M-A-Z-U-R on all socials. Um, on Spotify mm-hmm. as well. On Splice, you should look up my name. I have 22 packs on Splice right now. Um, and yeah, a lot of new stuff coming. A lot of songs, a lot of content. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Awesome, look it man. up. <laughs> yeah, man. Thank you for, for coming on the podcast, bro. Of course, dude. Thank you so much for having me. I love the stuff you've been, like, your YouTube channel, the podcast, everything. Definitely good stuff, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. You got to keep it up. 100%. And that's about it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you liked it. Make sure you leave a comment and a like if you're on YouTube or if you're on Apple, leave a review. If you're on Spotify, I don't know. (laughs) Go check out Fabian Mazur. Go check out his stuff on YouTube, on Spotify, on Splice. That's about it for this episode. I'll catch you in the next one.